Hello, everyone. My name is Horace Ryan III. I am a graduating senior at Morehouse College and a three-year FSLA veteran. Today, uh, I if you listened to the podcast last week, you're probably like, oh my God, his voice sounds so familiar. Well, that's because today I'm taking the place of our fearless leader, Shannon Terrell, on the Building the Black Educator Pipeline podcast. Yes, that's what we're doing today for the second week in a row. And I'm actually honored to be back. Honestly, if you listen to the last podcast, I didn't think I was going to be back so soon, but now we're here. Uh, so now that I've introduced myself and how long I've been with FSLA, I would love for this other young man that is with me today to introduce himself because he is also now doing the good work of an educator. My brother, will you introduce yourself? Yes, sir. And my name is Paul Bradford. I attend Freedom Prep High School out of Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a up. Oh, I'm a rising senior, and I've only been in SLA. It's my first year, but I'm very excited, and I'm having a lot of fun. Absolutely, my brother. Absolutely. So it is It is so good to have you on the podcast. It is, it is always uh, amazing to have, to see another Black male, uh, a Black male getting into education. So I'm happy to see your face today, bro. I mean, they can't see us, but like we we can see each other. Um, so I guess my first question is, right, so you are a, a rising senior. So you are kind of on your way out of high school, right? So what inspired you to join Freedom Literacy Academy, Freedom School Literacy Academy? What got you here? So what inspired me to join Freedom School Academy was basically the chance to shadow real teachers and be able to be in that setting of being able to see how a teacher job really is. And like being from a place where we don't see many teachers that look like us as we're growing up, that's something mm-hmm. that I know mm-hmm. that I want to change. And then learn about CBD made this job a lot more easier, learning about the mission and all that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just to follow up on that question, how many black educators have you had like in your in your schooling career like up to this point? So before I actually went to the school I'm at now, I went to school in Mississippi and the number was almost zero, probably yeah, through, yeah, that's right. through eight, eight years of schooling until I attended this high school. And almost, I'll say that I have 90% black teachers throughout my three years that I've been in high school, which is amazing. Yeah, no, that's actually beautiful to hear, man. Like um, last week on the podcast, I shared that I had only had, what was it, one up until my uh, freshman year of high school. Yeah. And then when I got to Morehouse, I had, you know, essentially all black educators. Um, and even more so, we rarely have black male educators. So like I said in the beginning, like it is it is really wonderful to see that you are, you know, getting into this work to really see what it's about. And you and I, you and I talked, you know, yesterday. Uh, before we record the the podcast, so I, I know a little bit about what you're most interested in, but you know, you you your ideal career, you know, isn't necessarily getting all the way into education, which is perfectly fine. Uh, but in your first year with FSLA, how has it been so far? Like, is this something that you could see yourself doing long term, or you know, something that you can see yourself investing is as as a black male? Yes, it's emphasis on that last part too. So it has been amazing so far. Honestly, like I met so many people who just inspire me every day to to really want to actually get into doing the job and being passionate about your job, which will keep you doing the job. And I believe that it does make a change that 
other people might not see, but we all know as uh, the people who are making the change that there's a there's a change and it's happening. And it makes it puts me in the role of, OK, I'm a JSL. I'm a student, but I'm also a teacher right here. But I'm right, also a right. student right here. So I like that. Yeah, I, no, I actually I, I like that you said that. Like, so I, like a brief story, right? Like I was in uh, the school district headquarters one year just doing a, a weird event. Um, and this random guy came up to me and said, there's no money in money in teaching, right? And so to your point, like, we know the value in this. We understand the value. And then to your point again about being a student and a teacher, um, this whole education field, that for as long as the, the minimal time, the seven years that I've been doing some form of education, I've learned so much, not only just about myself, but the craft. So it is beautiful to see that even even as a as a rising senior, you understand that this is just this is hard, hard work that we can invest in furthermore that we can learn from. So I think that's just amazing. And I guess, you know, in your involvement in Freedom Schools, you, your first day was Wednesday, right? Um, was. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Our, well, my first day was like a month ago, actually, from from today. Oh. Well, June the 12th. Was the okay. first day. All right. yeah. So when did you when did From, you start uh, seeing scholars? I guess is my. Oh, okay. Well, the first day we saw scholars was I want to say June twenty sixth. Okay. Or the right. one of them days. Okay. So cool. we've been in cool, it for cool. about three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's good. That's good. So you 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 kind of in the fold now. You know what I mean like we're we're almost a quarter way through the summer, three quarters of the way through the summer, we're going in our final stretch. So we got to go back to school soon. Uh, but anyway, yes. um, how do you like it so far? Like, is this, is this, how, how different is this from a job that you could have traditionally had during the summer? Um, so it's definitely different because I'm not doing any hard labor as probably mm. most teenage teenagers are. And it, and I'm also, learning like so much like being learning how to uh learn how to talk to students will Mm -hmm. really teach you how to be able to talk and negotiate with anybody because they're the hardest to please if you if you really just listen to them and talk to them so i definitely think this differs from any job that i would have uh just because I'm also learning while I'm doing it and I'm, and I'm getting paid for it, obviously. So. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, uh, if anybody's listening, it goes to the podcast of last week. Joe uh, says that teaching allows us to get in touch with our inner child. Uh, and so to your point, just about listening and understanding students, like these are some of the things that I guess we wish we had in teachers. Right. So for, for a, a, many of these kids, actually, maybe not for many of, of your students, because you're in Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, they might have a, a stronger black teacher population down there. But up in Philadelphia, I know for my children or for my scholars, I'm their first black male educator. So I guess, you know, my, my question to you is, do you feel the impact that you make in the classroom? Oh, I, I, OK. So if somebody li- Somebody might be listening from our um site and they'll be like this, um, they'll kind of laugh at this, but the students, most of the students have a real like tendency towards me 
because like like I don't know what it is, but like they like you know we got the recognition they're always recognizing me, and it be, it's so funny to me because they just I just um mesh so well with them, and I think that being a male kind of I don't want to say that's why, but it's definitely a different experience for them, and they kind of uh they kind of move towards it, it kind of mm-hmm. moves them towards me more. Absolutely, you yeah, know I. I I've definitely experienced that at my own site here in Philadelphia. Uh, I, for the past two, three years, uh, for some reason, the kids just gravitate toward me and, and other black males in the building. And, and it, is, it is definitely a coveted role, right? Like there's there's something about being a black male in education that, you know, really gets kids attached, right? And, you know, there are plenty of things that we could talk about. We could talk, we could talk about, you know, some of the sociology and the psychology about it, but I get, this isn't that type of podcast. We're not going to do that today, right? We can, I can go read my dissertation later, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? So <laughs> I guess since you kind of observe this impact and you are beginning to shape the way that you see education, what would you like to implement as a form of like, this is what I'm taking away from the summer so far. What's a lesson that you've, that you've just taken in? Um, from the students or just in general from being a it can It can be both. Uh, I, actually, if you have something that you've taken in from the students, like I would, I would actually love to hear that. Okay, so something that I've really learned this summer is that anybody can teach you anything, definitely from the, from the students to the teachers because Every even though that they're young, they will teach you new things that you probably never heard of or you've never seen. You're gonna be like, Oh wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Or and then I'm I have the kids on the C B D curriculum, so they're always kinda keep me on my yeah, heels and yeah. I and I love that. So that's something I've definitely learned. Absolutely. And so as a JSL, so if anybody doesn't know, a junior servant junior servant leader, JSO, um, they are they are kind of adapting into this role as co-teacher, right? And at the same time, you, you have your stuff that you do on the side for your you know, liberation lessons, all that stuff. Um, and so one of the things I like to do with my site uh, is I like to make my JSLs lead Harambe, right? So this week it's the SLAs, next week it's the JSLs. And I gave them a fair warning, like, hey, this is what y'all doing next week. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, right? What is your favorite chant and cheer from Harambe? Because we do it every morning. So you got to have one. You've been doing it for three weeks. So what's that, what? Mm, oh, 15 Harambe's? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, probably more than that because we started probably yeah. about 30 Harambe's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with Honest right? Um, So I'll say my favorite. I actually have two. Okay, so I like, I like, um, I love being black. And then I like yeah, I, I like power because power yes. always gets the kids. Them kids, they ready to say their name and what Every they time. like to do. Every time, yep. yeah. That's that's my kids' favorite. They will they'll kick it off every time. They even do that mm-hmm. recess. Like there's, I'll probably send a video <laughs> to Sharif or Chandler. Like there's a video of them just kicking off power. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Um, so what what's been your your most exciting part so far? Right. So you've talked about talked about you know, what you've learned and that the kids gravitate towards you and you've been doing it for three weeks now. So you are definitely mm-hmm. in the fold. What has been your most exciting part and what do you really hope to accomplish at the end of the summer? 
Um, I'll say my most exciting part was actually seeing the progression of these of seeing the progression of these kids, even though some of them might not be the kids in my class. I'm seeing it um in other aspects and even their progression with their relationships with each other. Like at the beginning, everybody was sort of, you know, some of them didn't know each other. Some of them might have been scared to talk to each other. But because the classroom culture that we created and the um the Freedom Summer uh culture that we created everybody is everybody is nice to each other everybody's always having a good time when it's time to have a good time so that's definitely something that's it that's excited me and oh can i talk about uh another thing you can talk whatever you, you can talk about whatever you want bro. Oh, okay here to chat. So, yeah, go ahead. all right so we went we went on a field trip right recently this is a little story this is our first field trip so it showed me just how mercurial like a school day really a school field trip really can be because nothing is gonna go right first of all and then shout out to miss mays because miss mays she's listening to this she gonna she gonna like this story so we actually met so we had on the shirts you know the purple shirts with the yeah with the freedom summers these yeah. shirts right and we're all walking around the zoo this big group and this lady we we took them to the park at the end and this, me and Miss Mays, well, Miss Mays was sitting and I was standing. And this lady, she was talking to this lady, and I didn't know who she was, but I sat down with them to hear them talk. And her name was Connie Adams. And I guess she was, she's, um, she was an educator and she saw us. And she just, and just having on those shirts kind of made her gravitate towards us and want to talk to us and learn what we were about and want to invite people to her, um, our uh, symposium that we're going to have at the end. And then we started talking to her. She asked what curriculum we used, and we told her FOTB, and then she told us that her friend created FOTB. So we were like, oh. So you know, so she knew all about Friends on the Block, and she had a lot more um, friends that are invested in that. So that was a really nice experience that was just like, wow. Yeah, man. Uh, Like, our, our, our freedom roots run deep, man. Like, we are trying to give our scholars the best of the best, like and whatever and whatever way, shape, or form, and, and that and that's why this program and this this curriculum and and the pipeline is so so very important, right? Because we have people in Memphis. I talked to two uh, SLAs from Detroit and Detroit and Memphis last week, um, and you know we have the all the all the folks in Philly where I think where, where it all began, and so that's why this network is so very important because you never know who you're going to meet. Right. Uh, my, my dear friend and mentor, uh, Mikhail Burrell, I met him through freedom schools and he's become one of my greatest, greatest friends. Right. And so to your point, like you never really know who's out there. You you never know who is so highly invested into the program that we are a part of. And I guess, you know, I, what you seek to accomplish at the end of the summer is so very important because you are leaving an impact on these kids lives. And if you don't have an angle you know, what, what are you doing? You know, what, what are you doing this for? And so for any JSL that might be tuned in, what's some advice that you would give them? Or even, even you know, I'll do you one better, to an experienced educator who, let's be real, has not had the pleasure of teaching Black boys and girls in this capacity, who would not understand the intricacies of Black education. What is something that you wish that they knew or at least could take into account? 
Um, I wish for first going to the JSLs, I'll start with them. So to the JSLs, I would say, um, Harambe is going to be your best friend, actually. So don't, we were all, you're going to be scared in the beginning to, wow, we're doing this silly dance. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's for the kids. So you have to go in with that mindset and really mesh and like it. And then to an experienced educator that hasn't dealt with black kids to this extent, I would say that these kids are going to love you, of course, and they are ready to learn and they need to learn about their deep and rich history. So it's I'm not going to put the the role on them, but it is on on your um, teachers to teach you that so you can be informed and so that history doesn't repeat itself in any way. And the best thing to me is a, a young, educated black girl or boy, because we need. We need them. As I, I, no, we absolutely need them. Th- these are the reformers and the abolishers and the revolutionaries of the next generation, and it's therefore our responsibility to make sure that they are, you know, getting the best, right? And so, and then falls on us to to know what we are talking about, to to read and to write and to create for these for these children. And so, you know, I guess that's that kind of goes into the next question why do you feel like that's so important? Like, why do you feel it's so important that we as black teachers cultivate the next generation? Is it so that they become black teachers or is it so that they become something different, something greater? Not to say that black educators are not great because man, we are the, we are the frontline workers. I'm just going to say it right now. You know what I'm saying? When I wasn't, I was still in college when COVID happened, but I know educators who had to teach during COVID and my God, like I, 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 man, man, right? So, why, why is it so important that Black educators and future educators are prepared? Why is that so important? So, I think to your to answer your question, talking about like when they're preparing, why it's so important. So, I, so if you just like look up on Google, a teacher. The first ten to fifteen images, you're not going to see anybody black. First of all, man, and that's oops, that's man. a big thing. Mm. And then just going back on this, I just believe black teachers don't get our well, they don't get enough exposure and people that look, and we don't get to see enough people that look like us in a professional mm-hmm. setting. And if mm-hmm. we don't see anybody that looks like us, how are we going to be able to get to that? Get there? Because of the exposure, right. it's it starts there. Seeing somebody that looks like you to know, oh, I can get there. I'll be able to get mm-hmm. there or even higher one day. So how are we supposed to get to a place that we don't know about? You know? No, I do, I do, because that's part of the reason why I didn't even consider teaching in the first place. Because I I only saw my one black male substitute teacher back in middle school, and it wasn't until I got to high school that I was like, oh, I have my very first black male educator. I actually like doing this type of thing, right? Like I actually feel like I'm represented in this field. And so I, I totally agree. How can we how can we get to somewhere where we, where we don't even see ourselves? You know, we see ourselves in sports and we see ourselves in, you know, law and 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 science, sometimes even barely, right? But if we see ourselves barely here, imagine how little we see ourselves in education. And that's why I believe that this is so important. That representation truly, truly does matter. Yes, so, because... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I, was no. gonna, 
yeah, I was gonna go back on that. Like, if you ask one of, if we ask one of our students, or even like people around us, like who's maybe the richest person to this day, they might yell out somebody like Bill Gates or Elon Musk, a white name, or who is the richest person ever. But they don't know that we had those ancestors back then, like Mansa Musa, who they don't know Mansa Musa. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't yeah. know him. They, so we have to tell them, like, no, we were, we had the richest man. He was worth the most. And people don't know that. So that's just going back to that exposure and the learning part of it. No, for sure. For sure. And and, and that's why, like what I said earlier in the podcast or in this recording, rather, like we might be our teach our, our scholars first black male teacher. We might be our scholars first black teacher. Right. I know that in, in, in my school, um, first at, at, at Tanner Duggery and then Harity, Harity was so privileged in the fact that they, I knew they had, you know, black teachers or teachers of color. Tanner Duggery, I don't know. I don't know what they look like in a, in a normal public school setting, like in a school year. Um, and so that's why it's such an honorable thing to show up every day. Like, I'm not doing it for myself. Like, frankly, like, you know, I, I, I could be somewhere else, but I would rather be here teaching students because that that's what makes me happy that i know that at the end of the day you know they need me and i need them and i feel like that's kind of the general consensus at at, at at multiple people at the center and why it's so amazing because the, the, what you talked about that representation the, the the center is black people we are a bunch of black educators training the next generation of black educators and it's a beautiful thing so I guess on top of that, like to your point about representation, is there another reason why black students, like why don't, why aren't they choosing teaching? Why aren't they choosing education as a profession? Like wh- wh- why is that other than representation? Um, Something I'm seeing is more just the, other than like people talking about the pay, more just the, us getting a negative stereotype about teaching, like, because of the interactions that we've had with other teachers that are not mm-hmm. black. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're judging. A lot of us are judging our experience off of different colored teachers. And when you meet your, well, I'm going to say when you meet your first black teacher, you're going to, re- you're going to see the difference because you finally have somebody that relates to you. They can teach mm-hmm. you how you really need to be taught and teach you things you need to be taught in a relatable way because we all come from different backgrounds and just being black, it doesn't immediately make you um, able to teach um, a black student the way they need mm-hmm. to be taught, but it mm-hmm. definitely can help because you might it know where they're helps. coming from. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm going to go back to your point. Well, first I'm going to circle back to your point about the pay, right? I definitely circle back to that. And then I'm one to like fast forward to the point about uh, just because you are, you know, a black person does not mean you can teach automatically teach black children, right? So I want you to remind me of that because I will go on that tangent about the money. Um, backtracking, pay. Let's pay our teachers, right? Let's pay our teachers because here the center. If you are listening and you are looking to invest or put your money somewhere, invest in the center because I won't say too much, but this is a summer job worth having period right like they are not they yes. are not sitting here and they're like oh you know we're gonna pay them the the bottom of the barrel guys we wouldn't be we like i love i love my kids i love my students with all my heart but i also have to go back to school in a couple months and i'm i'm not going there broke 
right? The center has done such a fantastic job at making sure that we understand, like, this is what, this is, we, we cannot give you a million one dollars, but we can give you what, like, what you're, 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 you're earning this. Like, this is not some put your hands up and let it go type of job. This is a, you're working every single day. But you're also being loved every single day in whatever shape, way, shape, or form that is, right? And to, to extend on this point and to get to the question, because I know I will talk about this for hours, would you, like, as a full-grown adult in a full-grown adult career, knowing that teaching in the United States is one of the most undervalued and underpaid professions, knowing what you know now at freedom schools, would you take on this profession and why? And be real, be real, so we can talk about it. Okay, so yeah, I would pick being a teacher because just of the change that you're making, This the change is priceless, first of all. There's no dollar sign we, we can put behind this change to make it happen. Because being a teacher, you're teaching somebody from level zero all the way until they reach their fullest potential yes and you don't get anywhere in this world without your teacher that's your Mm -hmm. first step to wherever you're going is learning so Mm -hmm. i would just because of the the change that you can't put money on no for sure for sure like we like i said we are the front line we are the front line and you don't you don't just as hard as it is you don't give up on kids you don't you can't because you essentially be saying i i don't believe in you and we don't do that here. We do. We can't. We cannot. Um, and so I, I love that you said that because I, I don't know where I heard the quote, but I put it in all of my essays. Education is the one American system that all of us go through, whether formally or informally. Now, what if in a perfect world we were able to establish a school system, schools, programs, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, where all Black children had the opportunity to go through? And it was quality quality teachers, quality curriculum, quality, all that. And I think that's what the center at least tries to accomplish. And so, you know, fast forwarding to your point, again, about, you know, just because you're a Black person does not mean you can teach Black children. I want you to kind of expound on that a little bit because, you know, like way back uh, in the beginning of the podcast, you said that this is, you are teaching, but you are also learning. And so what are some things that you have learned, uh, one, about yourself and two, about students, scholars, that, that lets you know that your statement is true. Okay, so learning about my scholars was, uh, learning something about myself was more seeing that I can relate to these scholars as I've been in these shoes before. And and like, I feel like the worst thing you can see as a child that's maybe not in the best situation and being able to pick them up every day and pick, make them pick their head up and you seeing them smile. And that reminds me of, myself because I always wasn't in the best situation but if I had someone there that was there to pick me up every day with a smile that looked like me that had hair like me and was picking me up every day I would greatly benefit from it so that's definitely something that I learned and then um going on to another thing is just the per the perseverance and persistence that you have to have because you can try, I'm going to say you can try even past this summer. I'm going to say teachers all year, they might be trying all year with this one kid and they're just not getting it. And then, then that day they get it, you just get that sigh of relief. Like they were listening. They did get it from me. So that's definitely something that you learn. 
for sure, for sure, for sure. So I want to pivot a little bit and still keep on the same topic, right? I'm definitely keep on the same topic, but there's been a lot of controversy recently around how we do education and a lot of that controversy is is about what we teach and how we teach and for those who tuned in last week we talked about uh uh, the supreme court's decision on uh what was it affirmative action affirmative action and we also touched on the florida 999 bill also known as the don't say gay bill uh and so my my question to this is like do you think students should be able to decide what they learn about why or why not uh so in the midst of the controversy i think it's important that we acknowledge that students should have a choice right the choice in education the choice in what they do and, and what they see and what they read and i think the most valuable thing about that is that, man, they don't have a lot of choices. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, especially in this day and age. And so I think, and I'm always going to roll back to the center because I love the work that they do. I love the work that we do as a collective. We give them the choice. We give them agency. We provide them with hundreds of books to read, hundreds of books to choose from. And we say, what do you want to learn today? content that is about them that is for them and that will always be in the upliftment of children and if we don't do anything right we do that thing very very well right and so amidst all the controversy uh, amidst all the all the issues the center and very very strong black educators across the country have given black children if not all children the choice to learn the the agency to just learn which i think is what we're missing sometimes and i'm no education philosopher i'm trying to get there y'all want to help me get to grad school y'all can please hit my line but that's all the words i have for today and i hope and pray that as you're listening to this podcast you take a second and you're like "Hmm, i wonder what they said last week and then you Go listen to the one last week. And then you also go listen to the one the week before that one. Because every single podcast is filled with such great knowledge and experience. And you should at least check it out. But my name is Horace Ryan III. Again, I am a graduating senior at Morehouse College. I'm a three-year SLA vet. And I appreciate you listening today. Hopefully, prayfully, Shannon will be back very soon. So that if you're tired of my voice, she'll be back. Pleasure. Have a good rest of your day.